Blog Talk Radio. And I International um, Health for HD Live. We pulled on the show, and it looks like we had a little bit of disturbance coming in, but we are live now, and we are ready to go. So I am going to do a quick introduction, and then we will lead into the show. Um, awesome. This is, uh, we, yeah. So um, I am your host, Katie Jackson, today, and um, Health for HD Live is brought to you by Health for HD International and is made possible by an education grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. Today, we have Dr. Ed Wild on the show with us. Dr. Ed Wild is a consultant neurologist at the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery and associate director of the UCL Huntington's Disease Center, where his research team is focused on accelerating drug development through discovering new biomarkers for Huntington's disease. Um, like I said, he has a, he's involved in a lot of research, and it's all going to be on our show page, that uh, stuff he's doing. But he is also the senior advisor, investigator of the Ionis Roche program to lower the production of mutant Huntington's disease, the cause of Huntington's disease. He's won many awards, but some I will list is the Huntington's Disease Society of Canada Community Leadership Award in 2012, the Huntington's Disease Society of America Research Award in 2014, and the Huntington's Study Group Insight of the Year Award in 2015 and 2017. Ed co-founded HDBuzz, the leading source of plain language research news for the global Huntington's disease community. And if you have not checked out HDBuzz, you need to check it out. There is a ton of shows there that you guys can listen to. But for today, we are going to talk about a new tool that I haven't heard of, so I'm so excited to have Ed on the show with us to talk to us about zinc fingers um, and how they could lower Huntington. So um, can you first tell us, Dr. Wild, about what Huntington lowering even is? Yes, of course. So the Huntington protein is the, the name we give to the protein that is the result of the Huntington gene. So if you have a genetic test for Huntington's disease, what it tells you is that the one of the copies of the Huntington gene, which everyone has, is bigger than normal. Um, so each of those copies of the gene produces the Huntington protein. And the healthy gene produces a healthy protein. And the copy of the gene that's too big in people who have an, a positive or uh, undesirable test for HD, uh, that uh, gene is too big and it produces a protein that's too big. So a gene is a recipe for a protein. Both proteins are called Huntington, mm -hmm. but we call the protein that's too big mutant Huntington. And that's the cause of damage to brain cells, neurons in Huntington's disease. So in other words, mutant Huntington protein is the bad guy. It's the thing that's causing damage in HD. And it would be nice if there was less of it 
around so that our neurons and our brain cells would have a better chance of surviving. And that's the idea behind Huntington lowering. It's basically tackling Huntington's disease at its source. In other words, turning off the faucet that is producing this poisonous protein. And we, we're hearing about this all the time as the, in, in our community of Huntington lowering. So we're hearing about it about a couple different ways that people are doing it. So can you talk about some other tools that are being used right now for Huntington lowering? Yeah. Yeah, the most famous is the so-called ASO uh, program or antisense oligonucleotide program. And if you go back to your Greek roots, antisense oligonucleotide means sticky small piece of DNA. So ASOs are drug molecules where the drug is actually made of a tiny piece of synthetic DNA that has been uh, made in a machine um, and is uh, injected into the spinal fluid and that drug DNA molecule sticks to the message molecule that is the intermediate messenger between the Huntington DNA and the Huntington protein, the Huntington gene and the Huntington protein. So that, that, that ASO drug concept is basically shooting the messenger. The gene is still in the neuron and it's still switched on, but before the gene can actually tell the cell to make a protein, the drug molecule sticks to the messenger and the cell then just deletes the message molecule and the protein doesn't get made. And the most famous of those ASO programs is the Roche Ionis program. So the drug HTTRX, which is now called RG6042, um, was uh, the first Huntington-lowering drug to be given to HD patients in 2015. And that drug is now the one that's being tested in a phase three clinical trial called Generation HD1. So that's the biggest and most advanced program. By advanced, I mean it's furthest ahead in its human trials. But WAVE Life Sciences um, is also testing a slightly different ASO uh, program. They have two drug molecules and their program is called Precision HD1 and Precision HD2 and that is being tested in a slightly earlier stage human trial. So those ASOs, remember those are little drugs made of synthetic DNA, those are in multiple trials in humans. The next Huntington lowering approach, so I guess the, stepping back for a second, because this is this is kind of the best idea we've ever had in HD therapeutics, right? Not, the idea is basically that we go back to the source of the problem and try and prevent the harmful thing from being made. And because it's such a good idea, lots of different people, scientists like me, drug companies, uh, are trying, work, trying to work together to try and tackle this concept from different angles, using different kinds of molecules. Um, each of them has its own advantages and potential disadvantages. So the ASOs are a small piece of DNA injected into the spine. The next thing that's probably going to reach human trials would be um, gene uh, uh, Huntington-lowering drugs that are a form of gene therapy, basically permanently changing the DNA of the brain of the patient or the, the HD family member. Um, that they, that has a potential downside because those drug um, those Huntington lowering drugs need to be packaged inside a virus and then the virus needs to be injected directly into the brain through holes in the skull. Mm -hmm. So that's not a, not a normal um, day at the office. But the upside sure. of that is these gene therapy uh, approaches would be a, a one-off treatment that hopefully would only need to be done once and would then produce Huntington lowering 
for the rest of that person's life. And, and one of those, um, which is a drug called AMT-130 from a company called Unicure, mm-hmm. uh, is expected to reach human trials very soon, potentially before the end of this year or very early next year. Um, so those are some of the, that's the kind of the, the, the current landscape of Huntington lowering. We've got the ASOs injected into the spine, but it has to be given again and again every few months. And then we've got these viral gene therapy drugs, which is a one-off treatment that only has to be given once. Yeah, this is it's also exciting. We we just actually wrapped up our our end of the year program um in Vegas. We had our our symposium, our largest event of the year at Help for HD, and we were lucky that um Roche and Intech was able to be there and Wave was able to be there and other companies to talk about all of this and I remember years ago when my husband was first diagnosed, um there was really nothing. So to sit back and just watch it it was really interesting uh, for me. My husband just passed away uh, from Huntington's on August 25th. Um, so oh, I just wish he was here to hear all of this because we yeah. loved research and we loved going and hearing. So we're in very exciting times. And um, I'm, I'm very lucky because my, um, my, I'm a Genentech Roche child. So my father worked for Genentech my whole life. Um, I was used to go to their company parties as a little girl, um, and my brother works for Genentech, and my brother also has cystic fibrosis. And years and years ago when I was young, my, my brother, he is alive because of um, Pomazine, uh, which came out of Genentech when my, when my brother was very young. So to hear that they're starting to look at HD, and, and um, I, I laughed when my dad went to work and he said, oh, my gosh, H- Huntington's disease came up um, on our, our, our uh, internal email, I was, um, which we already knew. But um, I was so excited mm. to hear about this, these brilliant companies, because they, they saved my brother's life, and, and I, I have hope that one day they, yeah. can, they oh, can help my children. Yeah, it's an incredible time. Yes. Yeah. It's it's such yes, an incredible time, absolutely. honestly. I started seeing HD patients and families in in 2005, and and in those days I was very naive. And people would say, "What's what's coming through? What can we look forward to?" And and this concept of gene silencing, as we used to call it then, we call it Huntington lowering now. But this concept was just coming up, and it was just starting to be tested in mouse models. And and so I would tell people about this, and they would get excited because it sounds like a great idea. You know, switch the problem off at its source. But of course, there's all sorts of things that can go wrong between between the, an idea and the uh, you know reaching patients, and and so they would say, how long do you think it will take? And and I would say, well, maybe five years, ten years if we're lucky. Uh, and in the end, it was it was uh, nine years and eleven months between my first HD clinic and the first dose of a Huntington lowering drug being given. So you know we we are finally as a community delivering on these these promises together. But it, it takes a frustratingly long time. But honestly, where we are now with all of these companies, smart people backed by you know enough money to make it happen and multiple shots on goal, it's an extremely exciting time and a very sort of healthy landscape for the HD drug development community. Yes, absolutely. So um, can we talk about zinc fingers? And I've, I've, this mm. is the first time I've ever heard of this. So and the difference... Uh, that zinc fingers are from ASOs or S, like siRNA, and right, yeah. So the siRNA, that's the silencing RNA, which was the the kind of uh, virally delivered um, Huntington mm-hmm. lowering that's going to be starting trials early next year, uh, probably. Zinc fingers are 
another kind of virally delivered gene therapy. So we, we're not talking about a drug that can be taken as a pill or a drug that could even be injected into the spine every few months. This is another therapy that's it's complicated. It's a, it's a complicated, actually, a, a set of molecules that need to all be manufactured together in order for the, the drug to work. And that's why it has to be packaged as a set of instructions in a virus. The virus is then injected into the brain, and the brain gets turned into a factory for making the drug. But in this case, the drug is actually a protein. Um, so it's essentially a, a machine that uh, alters the way that the Huntington gene is switched on and off. So um, it's getting closer to the source of the problem. Bear in mind that the, the actual cause of HD, if you look back at the most fundamental level, is actually this repeated CAG uh, sequence of genetic letters in the Huntington gene. So that's the gene that's a recipe for the protein. And there's too many CAGs in that gene. Uh, although the thing that actually damages Neurons is the, is the Huntington protein, the mutant Huntington protein. The, the thing that makes the cells manufacture that Huntington protein is the gene. So really what we'd like to do eventually is snip out the CAGs and, and turn a, 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 a CAG repeat count that's too big into a repeat count that's the normal size. Now that's not what this zinc finger approach is doing, but it's getting closer. So what is the, the idea of this approach is that basically if you imagine, and now it sounds, zinc fingers, it sounds like a, a, a metal hand, right? A robotic hand with metal fingers. And actually that's, that's almost what it is, but it's, it's at the molecular level. So it's a set of molecular fingers and those fingers are basically designed to um, feel the uh, sequence of DNA, um, and what you basically do is you inject into cells in a virus a set of instructions that makes um, a, a, a series of these zinc fingers that will only stick to a big CAG repeat in a Huntington gene. So it's basically finding bits of DNA in our cells that have more than the regular number of CAGs. And when it finds that... Uh, sequence of CAGs. Imagine this is actually a robot with two hands. Okay, so with the right hand, it's feeling for too many CAGs. And then with the left hand, it reaches back and presses the off switch. So essentially what it's doing, the first step is to find a bit of DNA with too many CAGs. The second bit is to then reach back to the, to the on-off switch of that gene and switch it off. And when that happens, we call that transcriptional repression which basically means turning off a gene. So it's sticking to the Huntington gene and it's switching it off. And as a result, what you do is you reduce the manufacture of the mutant Huntington protein, but these zinc fingers are designed in a way that it uh, doesn't affect the production of the healthy copy of the Huntington protein, which is coming from the healthy copy of the Huntington gene. So it's, a, it's it, 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 the first attempt that's been made to design a gene therapy drug, which means it's, it's one that comes in a virus and is injected into the brain. And instead of acting on the message molecule, it, the RNA, it's, it's acting directly on the DNA. It's not editing the DNA, but it's switching it off. It's, so it's, um, it's the first gene therapy approach that should be switching off or reducing production of the mutant protein only while leaving the healthy protein 
relatively untouched. And this is like this is a very lay question, um, but I'm just kind of curious. You're talking about like the the virus. How do you choose a virus for something like this? Because it's going into the brain, right? Or how would this yeah. be even administered in the future? Right. So the bad thing about viruses is that they infect human cells and they inject their own DNA into those cells and they basically hijack cells and, and turn them into factories for making more virus. That's usually bad, right? And, and in the process, they, can, they cause a lot of damage. But the good thing about viruses is that they can infect human cells. And so mm -hmm. what, you, what you can do is you can take that property but scoop out all of the bad stuff, but retain the ability of the virus to infect human cells and inject DNA. So, um, you know, it's, it's turning this, this bad tendency of viruses to infect and inject into something that's a positive. And how you choose is basically you, you say, well, you know, what brain diseases are caused by viruses? Um, you know, the, the one that immediately springs to mind is rabies, right? So that's a, that's a mm. viral infection. And it, the thing about the rabies virus is it only... Uh, infects brain cells. So you can use rabies viruses to inject a, a gene um, uh, therapy drug into nerve cells, brain and nerve cells, but it wouldn't affect you know, your liver or your skin or your knees or any other part of you. Um, the, uh, so the, the, the virus that tends to be used for um, gene therapies targeting the brain is a group of viruses called AAV, which stands for adeno-associated virus. Now, adenovirus is the common cold. So adeno-associated virus is basically a group of viruses that are somewhat related to the common cold virus, but they are very good at seeking out brain cells. They stick to the surface of brain cells, and then they inject their DNA into those cells. Um, but if you, um, if you take out all of the harmful DNA and just leave the protein capsule the empty shell of the virus you can load them up with a set of instructions for making new stuff and basically there's there's lots there's a, a dozen or so different different kinds of aav different flavors if you like we call them serotypes but there's a few that are particularly good at getting um, their dna into neurons so aav5 and aav9 are the ones that are commonly used in uh, neurogene therapy trials and and this whole field of which AAV to use and and what what exact sequence to inject is is one of the reasons why this kind of thing takes ages but it's it's a field this whole brain gene therapy field is one in which the uh, there's been a lot of progress sort of happening in the background for the past 15 or 20 years so it's kind of getting ready for prime time now yeah so I know this is a very premature question because I know it, it's 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 in the early early stages. But what are um, pot, like potential risks or benefits with zinc fingers? So I think the benefits are easiest to describe. So the benefits are because it's a gene therapy, it's a one-off treatment. One treatment, uh, preferably at a, at an early age, would produce lifelong benefits. That's the idea. So one injection of, or one treatment into the brain of this viral gene therapy drug should it basically turns the brain cells into a factory that makes the drug um, alongside the, the still having the gene. So the, the, the neurons still have the gene, but the drug is made 
indefinitely. And so if we find the right dose and if it's, if it, if it's going to work, it's going to work for a long period of time. The other advantage to the zinc finger therapy, which is not found in the other approaches, is that it is selectively lowering production of the harmful protein, uh, not the um, normal healthy copy of the protein. So those, I think, the, the, the two advantages. It's long-lasting and it's selective for the harmful copy of the gene slash protein. In terms of potential downsides, they, they basically come from the same idea. So if, it's, if the drug is brilliant and has no side effects, then it's all good, right, because it lasts ages. If the drug has side effects, the fact that it lasts a long time could turn out to be a disadvantage. It's not clear how we would switch this drug off if it started producing more harm than good. This is why we, we need to be super cautious and, and introduce these viral gene therapy drugs very cautiously, starting at very low doses and gradually increasing until we get a feel for the balance of risks and benefits. Um, so, for instance, you know, it's possible that this drug could be completely effective at saving your neurons, but it might cause, for instance, it might make you feel nauseated or give you a headache. Uh, and, and even something that sounds relatively minor, if you only had to put up with it for a few hours or a few days, if that's going to be that side effect, whatever it is, if it's going to be present for the rest of your life, it could, it, it could make life intolerable. So that's why we need to be careful. Sure. We just, I'm not saying any of that stuff is going to happen, but because, because this right. is a, a, a new frontier of, of, of long lasting drugs with no real off switch, we need to be very careful. Now the other, but having said all that, let's have a reality check here. The thing we, the thing we really don't have an off switch for at the moment is Huntington's disease, right? So, you know, right. what we need to what we need to bear in mind is that we're not dealing with injecting a drug into healthy people and seeing what happens ten or fifteen years from now. You know, what we what we're injecting is a drug into the brains of people who, because of their genes, are in, are destined to develop Huntington's disease. So the success or failure of a program like this needs to be compared against what would happen if we did nothing. And you know, you and I have seen that and. Yeah, it, it's something yeah. that we want to change. We want to change that and, and ideally get into a situation where we can prevent the, the harm and the, the downside and all of the suffering in Huntington's disease. It, it might be that we have, to, we have to pay for that for a while at least with some side effects or, or figuring out what the side effects might be. But, the, you know, we need to keep reminding ourselves that, that doing nothing is, uh, is no longer an option. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, this is all so exciting, and thank you, um, Dr. Wild, for coming on with us today, and thank you for everything you and Jeff and all these, uh, Jeff Carroll and all these amazing um, people working on Huntington's disease. We're very lucky to have you guys um, in, our, in our disease space and working hard every day. Um, it means a lot to our community to have this uh, hopeful stuff on the horizon and brilliant minds behind it. So thank you for that. And um, I think we'll You're wrap welcome. up the show. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, not really. Just to say, you know, I've been saying this for ages, but watch this space. Every every month now, it seems like there's a new player and a new program coming along in that, not only in the mm -hmm. Huntington lowering uh, field, but but in Huntington's disease therapeutics in general. There's a ton of stuff happening. It's, it can be difficult to keep on top of, but but that's a good sign, right? Because it means that there's it's that's because yeah. there's so much so much new and exciting stuff coming online um 
uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what will happen next, uh, except to say that um, we're, we're we're at the most um, the most promising phase we've ever had. We've got the best trials running. We've got the best drugs coming through the pipeline and uh, we're not going to quit until this is a solved problem yes absolutely yep so thank you so much and i think the only announcement i have um is uh the only program we are we are launching um next month in a couple days is our uh, holiday relief program so health for each international this is our sixth year doing this um during the holiday season uh, for families that can't afford um holiday meals and and different things around this time of year, um, Help for HD International steps in and helps. So um, you will see that this program launch in the next couple of days, and portals will be open for submissions um, every year. This this program is a huge success, and um, and we want to help as many families as we can. So keep an eye on that, and it will open, like I said, in a couple of days. And if you don't need the assistance and you know a family that does, please send them our way so we can um, help uh, over the next couple months. So I think that's it for today. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Wild, and everyone have a safe week, and we will see you back on Health for HD Live, same time, same place.